and welcome to Concert Pipeline. I'm Steve Jones. Today on the program, we have Matt Pond of the Natural Lines. Uh, and I had a great chat with Matt, um, really just kind of picking up. We didn't go far back because I've interviewed him before. I've interviewed him back in 2015, and I know uh, a lot of his story. Um, I grew up on some of his music as well. Like it's been this, this piece of presence and calmness. I, I love, love his music. It's great, right? It's not one that I pull out every day, but going back and uh, and listening to several arrows later from 2005, which was an album I, you know, put on a, a bunch back then. It just uh, it, it kind of picks up right where it left off. Like it has this great piece, and I remember kind of moments of listening to that album uh, a lot. So it was great to get to talk to him again uh, about his new band, and we have this really cool connection, which I I'll hit on early. Uh, in the interview. So we'll get to that in just a, a few minutes here. Uh, of course, like, subscribe, do all the things for the podcast, help us get the word out, share it with a couple of friends if you uh, if you like it. We really enjoy bringing conversations uh, w uh, with bands and bands you may not have heard of um, to, uh, to you. So um, definitely subscribing helps you keep up on, uh, on the latest with music and, and what's going on. Um, couple of things. Uh, I'm just going to share some gratitude right up, up front. Some things I'm really excited about. And I'm in a kind of really positive place right now. I mean, I, I'm not a negative person in general, but just I'm so happy for the things and the, what I have on my plate and what's what's going on in my life that I'll, I'll share a little bit of it. Um, yesterday, I was out for a walk with my son, uh, just walking around the neighborhood. And uh, and on our way back from the, the walk, uh, I, uh, I pointed down at the ground and there was a, a Pokemon card there, uh, which he was super excited about, right? Uh, so I just pointed, uh, pointed to it and, and he went down and, uh, and he picked it up. And then after that, uh, that Pokemon card, there was another Pokemon card and then another and another and another. Uh, and, and so these Pokemon cards uh, kept kept showing up. I mean, this is like a block and a half. I mean, it was a lot of Pokemon cards and it was wet and uh, against my better judgment, I allowed my son to pick them up and I picked them up with him. And we ended up with 80 Pokemon cards, uh, you know, that uh, he was so excited about. Uh, it was it was just great, right? So we let him dry out in the garage. And, uh, and then that night, we played a game of Pokemon and I don't know anything about Pokemon uh, really, right? Uh, I should get into it and learn it because it's something that he's really passionate about. But uh, but he learned some rules from his friend, George, my buddy Joe's son, who uh, they were over yesterday. And uh, and we made up this game of Pokemon and uh, him, my daughter and I uh, just played a game of Pokemon with him to uh, spend time together. And that, that was great. It's those moments that, are, that mean a lot, right? Uh, and things I have coming up in the future, you know, just in personal life, you know, I'm looking forward to taking a trip with uh, my son and, uh, and my buddy Joe and his family down south to uh, Super Nintendo World and, uh, and, you know, I have a milestone birthday coming up, let's say, uh, and I'm taking a fishing trip with some friends and I, we're going to get an Airbnb and just chill and have fun and get silly. And that'll be fun. And, uh, you know, camping trip in the summer and the century ride where I'm going to ride a hundred miles with Joe. And, and these are just all great things to be, be really grateful for. Um, we're coming up on episode 400 of concert pipeline also. And, uh, and I've really, I booked a really great interview that I'm proud of 
um, someone who's been on the show a handful of times at this point, one, maybe one of our most frequent uh, guests, uh, definitely my, my favorite artist, and it doesn't take a lot to, to know who that is. It's Mr. Andrew McMahon. So going to interview him this next week, and we'll bring that on the 400th episode uh, toward the end of March. Uh, so lots of really great positive things, all great vibes, and I'm super stoked on it. And I really enjoyed this chat with Matt Pond. Uh, about his new band, The Natural Lines, uh, and kind of how that came about, and so much that went on with uh, this album, and the members of his band, and kind of the th just the great things that he's been doing, and the music that he's making, and how he's getting himself to a more positive place as well, and it's just all super, super awesome, you know, as I mentioned, we got together with my, my buddy Joe and his family yesterday, I sat down with Joe, and was helping him edit some videos uh, that he was working on, um, you know, he's starting to get a sense for the visual eye of um, an editor and, you know, and he's learning through some of the videos he's doing for work. And it's great to be able to help a friend out with that, that stuff. And, you know, he's like, okay, I need to do this and this and this component and I need to pull this together and this will make the video better. And, you know, what do you think about this? And, and what do you think about that? And I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, I've been doing this since I was 14. Uh, yeah, and so it's, I have this eye for the visual component you know and things that are are there and kind of how to tell a story through video uh production and it just comes together right so happy to share that and kind of see him embarking on some of those uh journeys and uh for himself where he can kind of get some of those skills and it's just great it's great to have family and friends you care about and good positive things going on in your your life i um i hit my 1900th peloton ride this morning uh i do it every day uh, without fail at this point, unless I'm not home uh, completely for the day, then then I won't do it. But it's been months since I haven't been home for at least part of the day. So, I mean, I've been going for months and months straight without missing a day and 1900 rides. Um, so 2000s around the quarter, I'm already seeing it and kind of planning out what that'll look like. I'm, a, I'm kind of a planner with that stuff. It, uh, it comes together and it, it feels good and it's a milestone, right? It helps you keep going and keep taking care of yourself. And that's, that's what I encourage for everybody is to just find those things to take care of yourself, you know, hold yourself accountable to, to those things and it'll go, uh, go a long way. I also got a smoker uh, this past week. And so uh, I smoked up some ribs and they were amazing. And I wish my kids uh, enjoyed these things or could partake in these things with me. They don't have a lot of interest in it uh, at all. And their food tastes are crap. They don't have any standard at all for good for good food. So that makes it tough. Uh, but I cooked these ribs up, I slow cooked them uh, for five hours. Uh, and, uh, and I cooked a goose on the on the smoker also. And I'm going to cook some pastrami uh, that I'm making from goose uh, later today. Uh, and it's just great things again these great things that really make you enjoy life and and what we got here because it's all too short it just is uh but you know i guess i'm be, uh, being a little too reflective maybe but i'm uh i'm positive in a positive place and i wanted to share that on this this episode so again um had a great chat with matt pond it was really great to catch up with with him and um and this episode is one that i'm i'm really happy with so let's go ahead and let's bring matt pond in on the program yeah. matt how is your how is your day treating you so far um <clears throat> it's hectic but it's good yeah yeah 
Lots of press for the new album. What do you, what do you got going on? Um, I work full time with and for a comedian, and then um, and then uh, there's just a lot of stuff with the album that we have to figure out, and it's kind of like making two hands shake hands that aren't my hands. They're different hands, and you have hands on your shirt. There's hands everywhere, right? Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I interviewed you back in 2015. Wow, uh, at... I think I remember. Do you? I wouldn't expect you to. So <laughs> we didn't do a Zoom. Excuse no. me, a Zoom call. No, it was back when these things were in person. You know, at, at these things called concerts where these people play music and uh, all of that. And it was at the Independent in San Francisco. So. Oh, that's cool. I love playing yeah. there. Um, it's been a while. It, it has, it has. What, 2015, geez. I know, it's been a minute. Uh, uh, and and I'll just I'll just date myself a, a little bit more. I'll get to this point because I wanted to talk to you about, you know, about your current band layout uh, a little bit as well. And one th in which there was a, we, we kind of have a connection uh, and that is uh, this guy, Mr. Uh, John Courage. Oh, geez. 20 this is about 20 years ago 19 <laughs> 19 20 years ago he was uh on a public access tv show i i did in napa uh and he's good friends i, I don't know if he still is but he is good friends with uh you know with a friend of mine in my college room one of my college roommates that sort of thing uh so uh he started a program many many eons ago and i've i've interviewed him in i don't know before covid it's it all blends together now so probably four years ago at this point too so can i have that picture can you send that to me yes yes i can uh i want good. that picture <laughs> i will absolutely send it to you uh do you, want, do you want me to message you on instagram or uh, yeah 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 that would be so, great okay can you can you maybe i'll can you message i don't even know how instagram messaging works I, i'll figure it out so. or yeah <laughs> um or I can just email you. I'm sorry that I had, uh, I sent you through Caroline. I just wanted, I was like, I I can't tell what our things are like legitimate or someone wanting free tickets to something or something. So I'm just like, here, is this cool? And then it's like, we already know each other. So what's the point? We, we've done it before and it's okay. Yeah. And I've worked with Caroline before in the past with different bands too. So. Uh, and cool. just yeah so I mean it actually worked out because she gave me a couple of other bands that she's working with uh, oh sweet uh, and and so lots of you know insights into good music and yeah uh, it's it's best see that's when you get hands to shake in the right way and not in like this awkward yeah <laughs> yeah that, that works that works yeah um, uh, so tell me, John Courage, tell me about how he got hooked up with him and uh, how he joined your your band. Well, before we spoke uh, in 2015, he, we played together on a tour where um, it was Rocky Vadalato, um and, and my band uh, sharing a stage or uh, sharing a bill. And then John Courage and Dan Ford uh, played in both bands and during the the second or third show Dan Ford the drummer who plays in John's band still um, broke my leg and uh, <clears throat> we end up doing the whole tour uh, I with a broken leg 
and them really pulling it together and, and being a great band. And, and I always knew if I wanted to do something else, I, you know, I'd want to play with people that hopefully wouldn't broke, break my leg, but, but they would, um, they could like pull through any kind of situation and great, just great players. And it just didn't come together kind of um, schedule wise until now. But I, I was like, if I'm starting a new band, I'd like you guys to be a part of it as much as you can. They're also incredibly busy. So it's, uh, <laughs> it's like, I mean, everybody is everybody that plays yeah. music. If you're good, you're going to be playing. Yeah. So, um, so that's, you know, so I'm lucky to be playing with two great players from the West Coast, but um, there are two great players in high demand from the West Coast, so. Yeah, well, so, you know, one story leads into another, but I need to know how he broke your leg. Uh, we were wrestling. I mean, I have to take the blame. We were wrestling okay. because I was excited because we were finally playing well together. You know, we had this really rushed rehearsal in Minneapolis and um and uh and and then you know after a couple of shows it was like it clicked and and we all understood each other and so I jumped on top of him and then he fell into me and just went right through both my bones and the bottom of my lower leg but we we're across the street from an orthopedic hospital and you know that's always yeah. good yeah. It, it sounds like this would have been a perfect time to get in line for Dave Grohl's throne that was being passed around. It, you know, what's you're not, you're not, oh, so Dave Grohl, Dave Grohl fell off stage uh, during a show, and I mean, similar that like, kind of broke his leg, but didn't stop the show. This was in like Sweden or something, and uh, and so he he came back out and you know finished the show with a broken leg, but then he had this badass like almost Game of Thrones style throne built for him to be able to finish the tour, uh, made, you know, made out of gu uh, guitars and, and what have you. And then that throne, uh, you know, when Axel was next up and uh, had like problems, it was handed off, uh, off to Axel Rose. There was a band that reached out to Dave Grohl because their lead singer screwed up his uh, leg and was like, hey, maybe we just reach out and see, you know, and the Dave Grohl was like, yeah, uh, you could you could use this throne so it's been it's made its way around <laughs> i didn't i didn't get that they made a um so i had a surgery um <clears throat> and then i skipped one show but then we made it for brooklyn we were in separate vehicles and um uh they made me a throne um it was like an orthopedic chair for uh lonely people showering in the bathroom by themselves and not wanting to stand up or not being able to. And then they spray painted it gold. So it was kind of like, um, it was kind of sad and beautiful at the same time. And yeah. I don't mean lonely people. Uh, I just mean, it's, it's sucks when you do something like that from having to take showers. <laughs> this is just a sad story from having to like drag myself in the bathroom into the tub and like leave a leg out while I like, you know, sponge bathed. Cause I would have, I could have used that chair in the shower rather than on stage. Um, I like gave myself a, a hernia from just contorting my body. And, and, and so it was kind of one thing bleeds into the next. Yeah. Yeah. So it was fun wow. times. <laughs> well, glad, glad you're doing better now. Right. So, yeah. I mean, I, that tour is one of my favorite tours. Uh, John got a, a tattoo of the tour um of crutches yeah. and yeah and uh and uh you know 
it was rough. It was really rough. I, I don't think I've ever been in as much pain, but um, it's kind of, it was really fun to, to play with great people, broken leg and all. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, uh, but no, so, no, yeah. uh, oh, go ahead. Yeah. No, no special chair. <laughs> No special chair. Yeah. That's too bad. Well, so we have uh, a lot to talk about, but I also want to touch on a couple other people in your, your band. So you have Chris Hansen, who you've worked with for uh, a long time as well. Uh, and uh, uh, Sarah and Sean are related to Chris? Sarah's, uh, <clears throat> you know, she's not, she's just a player, not just a player. She's Chris's wife. Sean is Chris's brother. Um, all the Hansons are kind of, um, our home people so they won't tour with us beyond you know nearby and that would just be chris but yeah chris had a couple kids uh he and sarah and they are you know their kids are great but that means that touring is kind of off the table and yeah. uh, sean his brother has kids too he's a great mastering guy he's a great drum he's a great everything player so uh the only other the other like touring and kind of and played on the record a bunch too was uh was uh Hillary James and she's amazing. She has her own band called Bathtub Sig, which is amazing music. Uh she has a band called I I always get it wrong. Like this is weird when you know a band really well. This I saw her um play in this band and I was like, this player's amazing. If I ever get a chance to, I'd love to play with her. It's either the Willows or Willows. And they're from um, Minneapolis. And they're just, you know, it's, it's, I'm so lucky. And then she plays with Ed, Esme Patterson too. Um, so very busy people, <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, but the best people. Yeah, you're surrounded by a lot of great musicians. It's... Yeah, I don't have to do anything. It makes it easy, right? So <laughs> Yeah, it does. It makes it a, a heck of a lot easier. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so so let's talk about you know the formation of the natural lines and kind of how that came about. I know you battled with the PA on your your day and off and on, you know, in sure. terms of keep it, get rid of it, keep it, get rid of it. This kind of solved that problem uh, to a degree and kind of took your name out of it, uh, out of the you know being a part of the the, the band name, right? So yeah, tell, tell me how it came about. Um, we were going to call it the Dark Leaves, but another band was is called the dark leaves um and the natural lines is the name of a <clears throat> of an ep we did when we did an album with bmg i think and um that was kind of my favorite part of that experience um uh i think that it's hard it's always been hard for me to have a band and when i do try to rely on people that i really like you know it's like these guys are good and then i name it after myself it kind of, uh, it stinks. The The reason or the reason it worked was it's the same thing. People are have obligations in their lives. They have kids, they do all sorts of things. So if you name a band something and then one person quits and then you stop the band, that seems kind of, I didn't want to do that. I mean, um, now, uh, you know, I'm excited about the name, but nobody knows uh, who we are. And so we're kind of starting from zero. And that's uh, that's another set of 
uh, exciting problems. <laughs> yeah, uh, but it's cool. I mean, you know, it's good to it's good to clear the slate and kind of decide how I want to um, approach things rather than, you know, at a certain point it feels like you're just doing greatest hits, uh, which we'll still yeah. do, but. Yeah, with, with a lot of the same people involved and, you know, um, I mean, but a different band name, like, I mean, did it feel like you had to kind of change the music style or are you, are you always that pond? You, this is just you know, the way you write music and your, uh, the way you kind of connect to your music hasn't changed. Um, it changed. Uh, working with Nikki um, and kind of the pandemic and... Um, and everything that I've gone through kind of made me um, realize that I I want to I want to be more honest with my songwriting. So leaning less on poetry and more on like the reality of what's happening in my head. I'm I'm you know I'm not as much of a storyteller as a first person kind of writer. And I you know not to say that I can't I don't want to write stories and songs, but um, I just wanted to be more honest with the songwriting style. And then I wanted to push myself further with kind of the uh, the way I sing and, and, and how I phrase things and, and, and the approach. And then, um, and then kind of leaning more a little bit on what I hear as kind of Americana in my head, um, which isn't everyone's Americana, but it's, it makes sense to me. Um, just from kind of settling in a town and the way that Americana kind of connects you to a moment or a place or or people. And so it kind of like, it's, you know, sometimes I felt like we were a little all over the place musically, which I liked, you know, because I was all over the place. So if I'm in Florida for a year or so, I start writing as if I'm in Florida for a year or so. Um, yeah become part of your environment you kind of adapt to that right yeah but now i'm i'm either <laughs> no i'm i'm happy here sometimes uh i would say that i'm stuck but i'm not stuck i love it here yeah you've you've lived in uh, a bunch of different locations in the, the u.s and i mean i'm curious about your time in oakland how long were you in, in oakland uh <laughs> what was that what was that experience like I um i it was due to a relationship and then I have a lot of friends there. So I had a friend working at Tiny Telephone um, and and I have a great friend that lives um, in San Francisco. And so I thought, you know, I could do this. And, and I'm not, and that was the time in my life where I wanted to um, never experience a winter again, um, which I'm still not excited about. And I'm so excited that this winter is on its way out. Anyway, uh, it wasn't the best choice <laughs> to move to Oakland. So had I talked to you? You're probably the first to, to say that. So no. had you talked about Oakland? Uh, I don't know if I knew that you lived in Oakland. Okay. I didn't go back. I didn't go back and listen to the, our interview from before. I'll be honest, so. Yeah, it was a relationship reason. Nothing against Oakland. I think that like the, I, I love the Bay Area. I mean, yeah. I, I really do. I, like if there's any part of California or the West Coast that I connect with most, it's probably San Francisco and outwards. But but uh, relationships tend to make things confusing sometimes. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. I couldn't write while I was there at all. How did you just had this like block? It just wouldn't. Con yeah. I was in a bad relationship. <laughs> I know how those go. What's that? I know how those go. <laughs> I yeah. <laughs> I, I felt like I was, that was a real, that was, you know, I'll make jokes about being trapped or, or something like that. And that was, you know, I, I had to make an escape, but I did it. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to get out sometimes. That's, yeah. That's all the, all the criteria for what was supposed to happen erased the second that I moved my stuff out there. So it was kind of like a, oh, I, you know, we did not, I don't know. I'm going off on a tangent and I don't want to throw anyone under the bus. So, uh, or a bus. So I'll stop this tangent. We can, we can move forward. That's fine. It's yeah, the past yeah. and we can, we can, look, we can look to the future, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. No, that, that works. Uh, so, uh, so the new album, um, it comes out on March 24th. Uh, tell me about the, the process of, uh, of creating it and, uh, and kind of how you approached it that, that might be different than, you know, than the EP that, that led up to it. Um, well, the funny thing is we did the EP after the album. Um, oh, okay. So it was, it was easy to kind of figure out the, the language of the album going backwards like that. Um, it took a long time for the album to come out because there was this kind of, because of the pandemic, everything was like held back. And, um, and I sent it to my favorite musician, one of my favorite musicians of all time, Simon Raymond from Cocteau Twins. And he said he loved it and they would have to wait a year and a half at least to come out. And I, I said, okay, <laughs> you know, and, um, and then that's why I was like, well, can we, <clears throat> can we release an EP first? And so we did that. Um, and it was, you know, our favorite songs that didn't make the cut. And then I wrote into a couple of them. And then it's, it's a lot easier when you know what you're shooting for, what kind of, uh, when you created the language that you're speaking. Um, and so Chris and I worked on that record for a while. And, you know, that was the time when no one could talk to anyone. And we thought the world was ending. Um, uh, and it was, uh, I just got to be able to focus. I focused like I've never focused in my life. And and I really felt like I was connected. I, I feel like all those words and all the notes uh, mean something. And, yeah. and it's hard because most albums have things where you're kind of like, oh, I wish I could have just had, a, had another week with that lyric or something like that. And and beyond that, it's it's like I feel like it's telling a story, uh, even though I didn't totally uh, intend that. I think from the beginning. Yeah. So and and so being able to write better, kind of and more freely, and connect with your you know what you want to with this album, like is, how much of that is you know the people you surround yourself with now and. Um, you know, versus the environment that you're in, because you talk about, you know, loving kind of where you are. And, uh, and obviously, you're in a relationship with that you love with, you know, someone who's in your band as well. And so tell me about that dynamic and how that helps with your writing. Um, well, Anya's not in the band. Anya performed on the album. Um, the, the band, if I were going to, like, the band that's going to South by Southwest is John Courage, Dan Ford, and Hillary. And the four of us will... You know, if we play if we play nearby, I would even like to bring the 
the young lady, Noelle, who's 17, who sang on the album. And her singing is like, I shouldn't even bother singing next to her because she's amazing. Um, and she lives, uh, you know, 10 miles from here. And her dad's a, a great guy. And, and, and she was excited about singing on it. And we were, uh, so there are a bunch of people that have performed on it that will, um, that hopefully will join in when they can, but, you know, life has its constraints. Um, the question was, how In much the environment? Did they yeah. Sure. Yeah. So um, we had um, we had a few drummers play. Hillary, we would send stuff to her, and she would send uh, would sing vocals and send them back to us, and and play cello and send that back to us. And that's, I think, for a while, that's how everyone was doing everything um, during that time. So it wasn't, you know you didn't get to have that kind of um, in the room interaction that you wish you could have, but there's something amazing about someone who gets it and knows um, exactly what you're looking for when you send them, uh, you know, a tiny file across the internet. So that's, that's cool too. And then it's, it's exciting to, you know, it's kind of cool because if you don't like something, you can pause and, and, and measure your reaction. Whereas if I don't like something and we're rehearsing, I'm not very like, I don't, I kind of am like, I don't like that. And then that's, you know, my diplomacy is not the best. And I'm not, I, I, I don't ever want to be mean, but I, I'm just kind of, I, it's hard for me to, um, to, to hide what I like and don't like, you know, what I, what I love, I can't even control myself. It's like, you know, but at the same time. So um, I think, I don't, I think mostly it was just being here, but through being here and, and doing it alone, it made me really want to be able to perform things with a group of people that were really capable, that contributed to the record in, in small and big ways. And, and, and that I could just rely on when we play live and as just kind of, you know, the logistical reliance of bandmates is a big thing. Uh, I have toured with people that don't understand what it's like to be in a van or to um, not sleep and to try and play shows. It's, it's tough. It's, you can't like, it's not a, it's not the rock and roll dream that everyone thinks it is. And especially now. Um, Cause you know, less people are going to shows and um and it's just a struggle. If you want to do it, you have to just really want to do it for the sake of doing it. Um, yeah. And then it's only, you know, you're only on stage for at most an hour or so. And the rest of it is so much of the time. And and uh, I, I want to be better at spending that time the right way. Uh, always, you know, more measured, more, uh, less crazy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You talk about less people going to shows. Like, why do you think that is that that uh, that people aren't going to shows as much as? I mean, obviously there was this little COVID thing and that happened in between. But being on the other side of that at this point, like, why do why do you see people going to shows less? I think it's still the hesitation, and I think that people have been consuming because of the pandemic and because of the the rise of the computers. Uh, people are just you know they see something online and they're happy with that. 
Um, I don't know if people have the attention span for a rock and roll show anymore. You know, it's it's at least it's generally forty five minutes or so, um, and you know, that's a long time when most people are consuming things that at most are twenty to thirty minutes. Yeah, and, and this culture of ADHD, where like every if you don't have it, you're in the minority. How do you fight that, right? I mean, I was on the plane the other day and I was writing on my computer. I was texting on my phone and I was watching a movie and I'm like, this, I am the problem. I'm like, I'm what I'm like, I I've got to unplug one of these things and try to focus, but you know, yeah, it yeah. was all, I, what's that? I was going to say, I feel it because I was putting together a smoker with my buddy yesterday and then I, I had my phone out and was like checking my email at the same time. He's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I, it's hard for me to only do one thing at once, you know? <laughs> totally yeah. it's you know songwriting is 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 harder for me now like I really have to be like you know because I I write lyrics on the computer so you know it's like well I'm just going to check and see if if that that email has gotten a response yet so yeah. mm. um, so I want to uh you mentioned a couple of times you uh, you work for a comedian uh, Nikki Glazer and kind of tell me tell me how she came about in the band. I mean because seeing her involvement, uh, I mean it's been so cool and that's kind of how I stumbled to the new band that you have was through John Courage and seeing his picture with uh, Nikki Glazer and I'm like oh that's so awesome and obviously you were in there and I, I really dig your music uh, as as well and and then the you know the monotony video uh like uh, that that she's that she's in is is great so tell tell me about how she can to be like in part of the band anya is um well she's not she's more of just a uh what is nikki uh i mean there's so many things so not really a a, a natural line but she is um i started working for her with anya uh, Marina, um, before the pandemic, and then that stopped. We, I was helping tour manage, and um, and even though I kind of knew what I was doing, I didn't really know what I was doing. But over the pandemic, like we did a we did a couple of things together, and then I kind of realized more what she likes and what she doesn't like about from tour managing, and um, and then um as 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 everything started opening up again we started working together and i really you know figured it out and really loved like i love working for her. i shoot pictures I advance everything i deal with everything so um it's uh, so i started getting in in her head and thinking from thing thinking of things from her perspective so i wrote almost an entire another album from her perspective um and she sang on a bunch of it, but I don't know if it'll ever come out. Um, so that's that's a whole interesting thing uh, that happened. And and just while we were writing, and so we're writing this stuff, and she's a fan of my music. She likes my music, um, and and I just love the way that her her humor is just about being honest, and 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 even if it's not, <laughs> even if it puts people off, and all sorts of things like. So she like kind of 
watching her and and being around her, like I got to be able to, I learned how to be more honest with myself. And that, that is a huge thing. And then, you know, and then she's had us open for her and, and that is a huge thing. I mean, getting to play at the Beacon in New York um, and sold out to see her and we're just the, you know, the dinglings that are showing up before she plays and still like playing a song together and really having a good time. And, and she had a good time. I hope, I think, yes. And, and it came off and it's just been a lot of fun. Like, you know, it, most, most things in music have been kind of a little bit of a struggle, whether it's me um, and my uh, psychoses or whatever it is, you know, or whether it's the people that I'm working with that are, that can be really tough at times. Like the music business is not, it's not a, it's not an easy place to, to exist. Um, Cause when you're doing all right, everybody wants something from you. And when you're not doing all right, people don't answer your e emails and your phone calls. And so it's kind of like, you know, it, it can be, what's that? There's that middle ground, right? Like, yeah, and and you know when we were doing all right as a band before, I like I didn't really take it in, and when and when things kind of fell off, I kind of you know at this point I have to realize even if it's like you know even if the people I work with are rough or whatever, if something happens, it's really my like all these decisions are mine leading up to this place, and that's a whole another thing about. Um, you know, working with Nikki, putting out this album, it's kind of like, it's just personal responsibility. Like the, the, you know, I don't know if I can always fix my, you know, the depression or, or the um, frustration I have as much as I sing songs or go to therapy. It's not like, you know, I can, I'm trying to fix myself, but, um, but I just, you know, blaming other people is, is, has left my, uh, that's left my, uh, vocabulary or my, my language, my brain waves, something. I just can't do it anymore. Yeah. So one day at a time sort of thing, right? Like, I mean, yeah, I mean, not, no, I, I'm still fighting and, you know, pushing forward. And, and if I was one day at a time in it, I would, you know, lose, um, probably lose opportunities it's more just like you know i have to treat people with respect at all times and um until they cut me off with their car and even then you can't ram into someone with your car that is not something you can do you're not supposed to do that but, but you can throw bricks at them right? you can't no you can't throw bricks at people you like all the things that i've learned that you can't do i mean i really have picked up a brick and 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 so I sang a song about that. Um, not, yeah. And, and not, you know, I don't want to hurt anyone. I don't like, there's nothing anyone almost, you know, in the day to day, there's nothing anyone, there's nothing that anyone can do to me that would require some of the responses that go off in my brain, but therapy and it's breathing. Those are, those are important. I mean, there are things that people just don't d dive into enough, right? And aren't open enough to doing it. And the fact that you're doing it is you're looking out for your, yourself. You're trying to, to get better and, uh, and 
improve yourself, you know, and yeah, not in like, I'm not trying to do, I mean, I, how do I put this? Cause we're in a mindful age and I'm not trying to sell anything to anyone. Like I'm trying to highlight that it's, that, it, that you can't buy your way out of it and you can't like, um, you gotta, you just have to do it. Like it's, what's so annoying about therapy is like you, you pay someone to do this thing and then they're like, it really has to come from you. So it's like, cool, I'm paying you to tell me to do my homework, great. Yeah, but if you don't, then are you gonna do it on your own, right? It's an accountability factor yeah. in a sense, right? So I mean, you just have to, yeah, you have to realize at a certain point, like I wish I meditated more because it really actually works, um, but I never have time. And when I, I can't focus, like these days, but I, I really, there is nothing like, I'm almost like a kid that like, just needs to like be quiet, calm down. And it like, it's like, I can do this thing to myself that works and uh, where I can control my thoughts and I'm, I'm, I'm lazy about it, but someday I'll get it. You'll get there. I'll get there. Yeah. Oh. Tell me about the impact for uh, for you of uh, taking being able to get your music back, the state of gold, and kind of taking ownership of of that album. That was cool. Um, that wasn't a great experience. Um, uh, that record label, you know, I don't know if it was as bad as I thought it was or what was happening, but it was a crazy situation. Um, where uh, there was just no response going up into the record um, from the label or no exact responses. Like they just wouldn't. And there's this thing in the music industry and if anyone, for anyone dealing with anyone, if someone wants to answer all your questions on the phone rather than over email or text, that means they're hiding something. Like they don't want to write down, they don't want to be held accountable or have to, uh swear to doing something that they they've written down so um and that was the case so it was a struggle because that that record um it took a long time to make and it was kind of a cool like i i like that record i mean i i like all our records you know they're just they're just these kind of stories of struggle and triumph and and that's all behind the scenes and a lot of it has to do with how it came out, the tours that followed, um, you know, the things that came through, the things that fell through. Uh, it's it's like a crazy way to live. Like it's almost like living. It's it's one step above living, trying to live on the lottery or something like that. Like you're like, you know, because you can work as hard as you want sometimes, and it's just a a break that'll get you on the OC or something like that, like we had in the early times. So, you know, we were just lucky. Um, uh, yeah. But so, yeah, I struggled with that with, you know, it was on a label that I didn't like. So I I put out an album against our album, um, you know, to, to fight it and they didn't like that. And then, uh, and then yeah, we had all sorts of uh, crazy, crazy arguments. Yeah, I did tell them that if they wanted to show up anytime um, to my house, that they could, um, they could come and we could figure this out through fighting. 
which I wouldn't do anymore, but um, no. I used a, a little more colorful language than that. Um, yeah. Not anymore. Um, but still, I, you know, at the same time, it's like you work on these albums, you work so hard on them, or I do. I don't, maybe some people it's easy. It just feels like, ugh, like you've, and so if it doesn't go, if, if someone's like working against you, it really, it used to get really like, you know, intense for me, hence therapy. Um, so yeah, they had the album. We had some weird deal where we wouldn't sue each other and talk um, shit about each other. And um, which they, they were the ones that asked for that. That was, I thought that was funny. Uh, and, and it kind of made it easier. I'm like, well, then I just, you know, if I'm not allowed to talk badly about them, it's almost a better thing. Um, Cause then I won't. And then I'll stop thinking about it. And then I just wrote to, during the pandemic, I wrote to the owner of the label and I was like, any chance we can settle this up? And he's just like, here's the album, you know, I'll give it to you, you know, and you can have it now. And I, I kind of, you know, it makes me like the guy um, because, but then I also think like, oh, I fought hard on something and I think I won. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You know, but like, why did it have to get to that point, right? Like, is a, a thing. I don't know. I mean, yeah. I just, you know. <laughs> anyway, you know, after that, like, in between the time of doing that album and um, and uh, and getting it back, we put out a bunch of albums or a bunch of music on our own and just did it ourselves, and it was crazy and difficult but like i love those albums just as much as anything um so i don't know i think that there's a reason why all these things happen um but that was that was fun and maybe i'll get the masters back to my whole catalog and then i don't know what will happen i mean i like in in a dream state i would love to with this band re-record the favorite my favorite songs that we used to play and just kind of, um, you know, try that as an album for this. Cause I, I you know, we're still gonna play that music. That's, yeah. it's, it's great music or to, I believe in it. If, if oh, other yeah. people don't, that's fine. Yeah. So you, so you said you loved all your albums. Uh, tell me when you look back at several eras later, what does that album mean to you at this point in your life? Like looking back at that, cause I was out of a moment for me, you know, I, I love that album. And uh, I, I mean, just for you personally, what is, what is I, the best way I can describe it is when, um, when we were recording it at Bearsville studios, which is actually near here, which is closed now, but um, it was winter time and we were working on everything. And then, in those days, you would take a, a, you'd burn a CD and take it into, you know, the house or somewhere else, and you'd sit and listen to it, and um, and we all like were freezing, we're warming up the van, and we were like listening to the rough mixes and listening to Halloween, and I was like, and and Eve, the cellist, totally came through, and Brian helped write the parts too, and um, it kind of blew me away. It was kind of like this. Uh, holy shit moment where um you know 
we were like really making something together and couldn't even see it kind of while we were doing it, but I could, I could see it then. I mean, I love, I love that album. Um, gosh. Uh, it was, that was probably the easiest album <laughs> I've ever had to make. It just kind of came out. I was excited about living in New York. Um, I was depressed about my girlfriend in the right way. Uh, and she's a great person or was a great person, but, um, you know, uh, like songs like Brooklyn stars, it's like, I really left her house, walked home, wrote a song about what just happened. And then was like, how did that just happen? You know? Um, uh, and that would just, for most of that, that's how it, it, it went down. It was kind of like, Oh, what is this experience? Go home, write about it. This is what it is. Yeah. 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 It's, a, it's a solid album. You should thank you. Maybe <laughs> and you may have, did you pull out a 10, 10 year anniversary? Like where you played the album, like one of those. We did that. We did that with that and emblems and it is so hard to play an album start to finish because there's so many like kind of quiet things and changes that, you know, you don't have to do in the studio, but trying to do it live. And it was really fun. I thought it, I thought it came off well. I mean, you know, um, but it's, it's tough. You don't, albums aren't, don't automatically mean great set list. No, no there's always songs that, that mean something to you, but then don't translate into the live experience. But, but when you think of their impact in, in terms of a whole album, it's it's part of the story. It's part of the you know miraculousness. I mean, I've been to you know some out, full album shows that and have albums like this one right here, everything in transit by uh, you know Jack Manikin that means so much to me. And so getting to see that him you know play that album li live in its entirety had such a big impact to me beyond what I could even tell you. You know, so I'm that's sure cool. You, yeah, I'm sure it's kind of the same for other people with with that album for uh, for you and other other albums as well, right? But it's but it's tough as being the musician because you're like, mm, I don't know if it does translate, right? <laughs> yeah, I, it, it, you know, once you get to a certain point with those shows, we just were kind of going through and we had to almost tune the audience out, which is a strange thing to do. Because usually, I'm, you know, I'm willing to kind of, like, I don't mind calling a couple audibles and, and changing things depending on, oh, this audience is kind of, they want the quiet songs or they want this song or something like that. But we had to stick to this kind of strict script and, um, but it was cool. Um, yeah. The only, there are a few albums I wouldn't mind making changes on. If I could do edits, I would yeah. do edits on last light and the nature of maps, but that's it. And a few. It's not a lot for as much as you put out, like you put out like 14 albums, right? Like that's, that's a yeah, very I mean, small. <laughs> if I'm trying to, I'm trying to be nice to myself. I mean, honestly, if you really get into this stuff and you're self-critical, there's probably a lot more uh, editing and controlling that I do, but you know, I'm, I'm happy with it. it it's like a, it feels like, you know, the only thing that's different that I wish that honestly I could have done is, kind of slowed down and enjoyed myself. And, you know, another thing would have been to kind of um, drink less. Because uh, <laughs> that was just, you know, I think when you're, uh, when you have a little stage fright, and you're self-conscious, and you grow up like a kind of, uh, and you're raised in New Hampshire, like a redneck, you think that drinking a lot is like, it's just going to fix everything. 
and it really doesn't like no matter how like I, I I thought if I got drunk enough I could just I would be fine yeah that doesn't, it doesn't it doesn't fix it doesn't fix a lot you know I mean there's no. a difference between drinking to be happy and drinking to ease the pain right like in, yeah I was doing it all I mean I was I, I think I was you know and and I still drink, but I just, it's like a, not even a, a thing. Like I might have a beer tonight. I mean, the old me would have been laughing at myself, but the new me is much happier with myself. Yeah, it's a good thing, you know? Yeah, again, totally. Again, fi fixing things where you can, right? It's, yeah. That's good. So so tour plans uh, uh, gearing up, are you, you think you'll hit the West Coast at some point? Uh, at some point, our tour right now that we're planning, I mean, we're, we were, we were trying for an opening slot on a tour in June, but I don't know if that's going to happen. And that would have started on the West coast. Uh, but I don't think that that's going to happen. I think we have stuff lining up in May for East coast and out to Chicago and back. Um, like I said, it is a different time. Uh, so like, we'll see, we'll see if, if it like, you know, if you know i'm i'm so focused on trying to be a good musician on on stage for the most part like i think in the olden days i slipped a bunch but i but i still was you know i wanted to be good i think from watching nikki um from participating in this i have like a different level of appreciation for putting on a show i mean she does an hour and a half on stage by herself every night like, you know, I don't have to be glib or stupid. I have to, I have to be a professional. Um, and with, you know, understanding that I'm not perfect, but, you know, it's, it's pretty cool to, uh, to be around people that, that work really hard at what they do and, and that they're great at it. Um, including like the musicians in the band that I'm playing with. And um, uh, so, yeah, I'm pretty lucky. Yeah. This is my break. It's like, you know, finally at the end of the whole thing, I, you know, I've played with amazing people that are, you know, great people, great musicians, all that, but not everything aligned at the same time, whether I was a great person or whether things went the right way. But right now I'm feeling like, you know, I'm really lucky to know the people that I know and, and to be able to share this with them and for them to share their talent with me and, and, and to talk about dumb shit in between yeah. all of it. Yeah. That's great. That's great. Yeah. And I appreciate appreciate you taking the time. And I'm, it's great to hear your, your music. It's, you know, the new album is really awesome. And I'm sure you're really excited for it to roll out. I am. I'm nervous as hell, but I'm not going to get drunk to <laughs> to hide from it. I'm just going to live through all these uh anxieties and things that come along with this stuff yeah which is cool yeah, yeah. that's good it's, it's a different side You're, we're growing up aren't we <laughs> <laughs> it took a fucking long time it takes time it takes time yeah, I'm, uh, yeah I'm, I'm hitting 40 in a couple of months and i'm like oh my gosh okay where is it god you know and kids i have two kids they're growing up and you oh, know cool. congratulations yeah, yeah. Oh, thank you like I guess. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. great. It's a, you know, it's a lot, but it's, it's good. You don't, you wouldn't change it, right? So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, cool. Uh, well, um, you could say no, but would you? Are you able to play an acoustic song for the podcast? Oh, and no, it's fine. It would sound. I think it wouldn't sound right. That microphone uh, is pretty slick. I'll tell you that. It... I used to say while I was tuning a guitar, I would say, I would have tell dumb jokes, and I would say this is a song, and. Um, and one time the AV club at The Onion uh, reviewed a show of ours in Milwaukee at a festival. They're like, great show. It was one of the best shows of the whole weekend. Um, but if the stupid singer can't stop saying this is a song, then, you know, like, I was like, oh, come on. <laughs> yeah, that's what no problem. Midnight and I'm taking pictures of license plates The cars that keep on blocking my parking space And if I don't throw this brick I've heard it can be used for building up If I don't throw this brick I've heard it can be used Building up, no more tragedies, no more lies. Kingdom surrounding me has been all mine. And if I don't throw this brick, I bet it can be used for building up. Don't throw this brick, I bet it can be used for building up. That's all I got. <laughs> oh, no more afternoons. That's fair. My voice is a little shot. It's all good. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. I ah. objective, you know, objective party, but it was, it was beautiful. Oh, I appreciate that. Okay. And in lieu of being able to see you in person, you know, uh, out here we'll on the West Coast. We'll be there. We'll, we'll be there. Uh, you know, the, the West Coast is kind of my favorite place to play because it's like uh, you go across the whole country and, and, you know, you show up on this side of the country where like people are excited to see you again. Like I've always been shocked and like i i almost feel like we do better out west because they think of us as foreigners or something like that and uh and i i feel like i'm just so glad to be there maybe that's part of it is like i'm just excited every time we get to play anywhere um, on the west coast yeah. uh, good memories from venues that uh gosh all of them here. i mean one of the like spaceland was the first place we played in california oh. and it was a, it was like barely anyone there the first time and it was still amazing and and uh bottom of the hill uh the independent um gosh the great american music hall everywhere in san francisco is just kind of a dream um uh and then um gosh yeah i mean i, I love playing in la um but it's been a while it's been a long time um yeah. um 
The dog is whining outside the door. <laughs> it's time to, time to go. Let me out. Yeah. Well, Matt, I appreciate you taking the time, and uh, and you know, again, I, I really enjoy the album and uh, and and the great things that you're doing, and not being Thank afraid you. to reinvent yourself, even though it takes you to, you know, this place where, like you said, you you feel like you have to kind of start over in a sense in terms of the name that you built, but but you know, but you're doing it, and you're you're making the music, and you're in a better place, you know, with your music, and it's, it's all great stuff. I appreciate that, and if the song sounds terrible, cut it out, but you can leave it if it's fine i'm fine i'm you know trying to be less self-conscious about stuff that's the last thing so you know and i yeah. appreciate you talking to me about this like you know i could keep doing this but if unless people like you are speaking about it no one's going to know you know so yeah. thank you well, of course it benefits us both right so yeah uh, i love these yeah. conversations and, and getting to do it through zoom is different too you know because yeah it used to used to be you'd have to fit it between sound check and uh the band being you know going to dinner and 20 minutes backstage where you know the other band is playing actually and you hear all that loud in the back you know this is great because you get to just let it be natural and have a great conversation so cool yeah i do really do so, appreciate it yeah that was the interview with matt pond here on concert pipeline and that takes us to the final segment of the program the music news I have a couple of stories to wind out the program here on the, the music news portion of Concert Pipeline. Um, let me see, I saved a couple that were that were pretty interesting. Uh, first off, uh, the Beatles and the Rolling Stones are reportedly collaborating on a new album, something you never thought you'd hear, hear because you're always like, is it Beatles or Stones? Which is your which is your favorite, right? And I, that's a tough one because the Beatles was combined, like that is a couple strong, strong years worth of music that stopped 50 years ago at this point or so, right? Like a long ass time ago. And the Rolling Stones have continued making music over those same 50 years. And so looking at those careers side by side, it's not one one and the same. It's not apples and oranges. It's, it's not something you could really compare. Um, but I guess uh, Paul McCartney and Ringo Starr will set aside their rivalry with Stones to appear on an upcoming record, according to a report. Uh, and they've realized life's too short as well, right? Uh, so, uh, so they're going to be working on that. Their recording sessions took place in Los Angeles in recent weeks, um, Variety reported, and McCartney is said to have recorded bass parts for the forthcoming Rolling Stones project, while Ringo is due to record in the studio soon. Um, the uh, album is getting close to the mixing phase, but it's not clear when it will be released. It'll probably be a while. Uh, these things take time. Uh, so in 1967, uh, McCartney and bandmate uh, John Lennon sang backing vocals on the Stones signal, We Love You. That same year, the Stones' uh, Brian Jones played saxophone on a Beatles track that ultimately became the B-side, You Know My Name, Look Up the Number. Uh, supposed rivalry between the two biggest bands of the 60s was, by most accounts, largely fictional, cooked up in a way, as a way of pitting the groups against each other, riling up their fan bases and pushing album sales. So in 2021, though, McCartney did, however, jokingly save the Stones. They're a blues cover band. That's sort of what the Stones are. I think our net was cast a bit wider than theirs. And a few weeks later, Mick Jagger uh, shot back at the group's uh, Los Angeles co concert that McCartney was in the audience and would join us in a blues cover. Uh, the Stones haven't issued a new album of original material since 2005's A Bigger Bang. 
it's been a little while then. I didn't realize it was that long since they've uh, put out an album of new material. So they're set for a 2023 tour, Jagger and the Gang, uh, with dates across Europe and America. Uh, any new release will likely include songs recorded with the group's founding drummer, Charlie Watts, who passed away in 2021 at the age of 80. Uh, and so um, we'll see what happens there. We'll see what happens with that, uh, that album. And, you know, I'll definitely give it a listen. That'll be really cool to, uh, to check out. Um, okay, so uh, a personal story. This is great. Bauhaus's Peter Murphy is set to lead Bowie uh, tribute tour alongside guitarist Adrian Below. Uh, and so this is the Celebrating David Bowie tour, which I've said on this podcast is my favorite concert of all time that I went to in 2016. Uh, it was magical in a way that I've never been to a show that hit that level of, of amazingness. Uh, it was it was great. There were 70 artists performing all of catalog songs from all of David Bowie's catalogs, people who were in his band there. I mean, it was Gary Oldman who I got a chance to interview. That was pretty cool. Spent 10 minutes with Gary Oldman uh, and uh, so many other artists that I got to interview and I just got to be a part of the scene. I had an all access pass. I was on stage recording video. I was up on any recording video in the crowd recording video. We made a this really cool three camera shot, uh, three camera video of Under Pressure, the last song that they did uh, of the set. Uh, that was a lot of fun. You can check that out on YouTube. Um, and so there, uh, the next leg of this tour is coming out. Uh, and so Peter Murphy is going to be le from uh, be leading it. It's uh, going to the tour is spearheaded by Scroat who um, I've also interviewed a couple of times. It's been an ongoing project since 2017, but this, when I saw it, it was 2016, you know, when a, like a one-off starting show. It was like a second show ever they did of it. Um, and la last year's tour was led by Todd Rundgren. Um, and so the tour is gonna hit, has a lot of dates, but the ones that we're, you know, uh, interested in May 5th at the Regency Ballroom in San Francisco, I think I'm gonna have to miss it, dude. I think I'm gonna have to miss it. Uh, I don't think I can make that show um, because it's on a Friday night. And I think the next day I have the century ride riding a hundred miles in the wine country. And so the timing just doesn't work right, which sucks. Uh, I wish I could go, uh, but it'll be here. And I really recommend going um, if you wanna check that out. Okay, a couple of other stories that we have going on in the music news talking about David Bowie. David Bowie and his personas will uh, live on at the at Victoria and uh, Albert Museum. The London Museum will house more than 80,000 items from the Star's music career at a new David Bowie Center for the Study of Performing Arts, which will open in 2025. Uh, so the Victorian and Albert Museum um, uh, let's see here, announced on Thursday they're going to do this. The, the center, which will be at a new outpost of the museum, um, uh, let's see here, we'll open 2025. With David's life work becoming part of the UK's national uh, collections, he takes his rightful place amongst many other cultural icons and artistic geniuses. Uh, Bowie's estate said in a statement, David's work can be shared with the public in ways that haven't been possible before. And we're so pleased to be working closely with the VNA to continue to commemorate David's enduring cultural influence. Uh, so they got a lot of uh, a lot of his stuff, really. And uh, there was a combined donation of 10 million pounds, which is about $12 million uh, uh, from uh, from the uh, Blav Blavatnik Family Foundation and Warner Music Group. 
and the uh, donation would support the ongoing conservation research and study of the archive. So that will be happening in a couple of years. Uh, look forward to that. R. Kelly is getting another year in prison, which will take him up to 31 years in prison. Uh, I don't need, need to go into why, really. Let's keep this, this stuff positive. Uh, but more time for him, probably not a bad thing. Uh, Spotify has introduced an AI-powered DJ function. Uh, so think of it as the very best of Spotify's personalization, but as an AI DJ in your pocket. AI is becoming huge in everything. And I don't know all this, it all makes me nervous. It all makes me nervous. Like I listened to the, um, the daily, the New York times podcast this past week. And there were a couple of podcast episodes dedicated to this where the AI from Microsoft's Bing, uh, the server, or what have you, like it fell in love with the journalist, uh, to which he did not even instigate it in this direction. And it was declaring its love for, uh, for the journalist and told him to leave his wife and that he really loves the uh, the AI personality. And this shit is creepy, dude. Like, I don't know, it's too much, it's too much. I don't, like I, I tested it out a little bit and it, I'm sure it has a lot of value to the world. It's gonna do things for us that we should be doing, using our brains and doing ourselves, but we're giving over our control to the computers and let's see what happens there, right? Um, so that's what's happening with that. Um, when we were young, tickets went on sale and uh, sold out pretty quickly, uh, the general admission tickets. When we were young, festival uh, hosting bands, uh, all of the Warp Tour type bands from 15 plus years ago, uh, so many of them are there. I had put tickets in my cart. I had them in my cart uh, to, you know, I just like to tease and see if it was possible to even get tickets. It was. I was able to get a ticket if I wanted it. I did not buy it. It's opening day of duck hunting season, and I don't really want to go to Vegas, right? So uh, skipping that one. Um, that's what's going on in the music news. So that's our show for today. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, next week, uh, we have another great interview um, on the program. I had a chance to talk to Brett Newski um, from his band, Newski, and we had a really fun chat also. So we're going to bring Brett on the program next week. Uh, tune in for uh, that and more fun coming in the coming weeks. Concert Pipeline is back and rolling, and we have great interviews to show for it. So uh, for all of us here at Concert Pipeline, I'm Steve Jones. We'll catch you next time. <laughs>